be right now Cause I can't get much longer Man, I've been waiting all night now That's how long I've been on ya Thank you for listening to the Daily Sports Report On 88.3 FM Ann Arbor Where the puck drops here Let's get lost tonight You could be my black Kate Moss tonight Play secretary on the ball tonight And you don't give a f*** what they all say, right? Awesome, the Christian and Christian Dior Damn, they don't make them like this anymore I ask this, I'm not sure Do anybody make real d- anymore? Bow in the presence of greatness Cause right now that has forsaken us You should be honored by my lateness That I would even show up to this place So go ahead, go nuts, go ace Especially in my pastel on my paper Act like you can't tell who made this new gospel Homie, take six and take this, haters Cowboys these days, not real ones like Twin Home to Oh, hello. This is Hun Hurtu Home to You're listening to WCBN FM and Arbor. Well, uh, good evening. It's a little after 6.30 p.m. And welcome to another edition of Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley and uh, Jim Dwyer traveling over the weekend uh, for Thanksgiving to be with his family up north uh, is off this week. He's probably uh, weary from uh, traveling and but not shopping. (laughs) Because <laughs> I know Jim and Jim and I are in agreement that this uh, whole uh, hoopla over Black Friday, Cyber Monday and whatnot is uh, a very troubling cultural development, in my humble opinion. So let's give out a brain damage award to corporate America for making a lot of lower middle class people work Thanksgiving Day. And they had to start the doggone thing uh, on Thanksgiving uh, kind of in violation of the spirit of Thanksgiving. I don't mean to be a curmudgeon. It strikes me that if there's uh, 360 days out of the year in which you can go shopping, um, I don't know why it has to be crammed into Thanksgiving. Don't get it. Thanksgiving is actually one of our most sacred holidays because it's essentially not religious it's a secular holiday and it's not even patriotic it's sort of cultural and i think that it's very disappointing to see all of the hoopla about black friday and how important it is to the economy and all this stuff i don't buy it i never have um it's interesting that in, even in today's New York Times, that by opening up on Thursday night, it seems that the retailers actually uh, hurt themselves on so-called Black Friday. 
because uh, they said that sales on Black Friday, according to preliminary reports, were lower than they've been in any year since 2008, which, of course, is when we were in the midst of the fiscal banking uh, calamity known as the Great Recession. Um, George W. Bush, after 9-11, about a week after 9-11, urged Americans to go shopping in response to the events of 9-11. And I think that it, uh, the big beneficiary of Black Friday, which in and of itself is a euphemism, that I find troubling, since, of course, uh, the the uh, Black Monday and the Black Tuesday historically are actually known as uh, dates in which the American stock market crashed, uh, one in 1929 and one in 1987 when Ronald Reagan was president. So it strikes me that adding all of these other uh, black days... And, of course, in, it's an economic reference uh, in terms of, quote, making money. Obviously, when you run a small business or a corporation or whatever, uh, being in the black means you're making profits as opposed to being in the red. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's a troubling development. I don't, you know, I don't know whether legislation is needed, but uh, I think some people need to back down. I'm in favor of boycotting Black Friday. I didn't buy anything on Black Friday except uh, some alcohol. So I had fun, but uh, I did not go shopping. Uh, as for this uh, <clears throat> push now to make uh, the Tuesday after Cyber Monday, which apparently we're in the midst of, oh, I've uh, boycotted that as well. Um, uh, giving to charity tomorrow sounds like a very good idea to me. So I'm all in favor of that. So uh, find your uh, most uh, reliable charity locally and uh, donate. I would even uh, urge uh, listeners out there to give to public radio. Because who knows what's going to happen with the so-called fiscal cliff. I wanted to give a quick brain damage award to Brady Hoke. I, I like the guy. I think he's got the program turned around but why on earth would you go on fourth down with 13 minutes left in the third quarter I mean, the game's just underway we're ahead we're not behind dude that was one of the worst football calls i've ever seen it gave ohio state all of the momentum that game up to that point was even steven and uh brady you missed that one i understand the riverboat gambler in the concept, but that was simply the wrong time to um, go for it on fourth down. There's no reason to go for it. We're up, we're up by one point. Uh, the, you know, there's blustery wind out there. Uh, a punt pinning them down, Ohio State down in their own end uh, with a possible fumble involved with mishandling a punt and whatnot is just simply the right play to make in that situation. Uh, some... Uh, business uh, economist once did an analysis about going on fourth down, and he uh, he, he pointed out that most uh, football coaches don't go on fourth down enough, and I think that there are certain situations to do it, but uh, that wasn't one of them. So we'll give you a friendly brain damage award, and uh, congratulations on getting the Michigan football program 
turned around from the disastrous tenure of Rich Rodriguez. Uh, we can move on. Uh, Michigan will be going to a prominent bowl, probably a bowl better than their record because of the uh, marquee matchup, which uh, they continue to be. So uh, keep up the good work, Brady, but uh, reanalyze that uh, decision to go on fourth down. It was terrible. Well, leaving aside the disappointment of the good old MSU, uh, OSU uh, Michigan football game, uh, on to more uh, mm, interesting things. Uh, a couple weeks ago, and I always appreciate the fact that the Metro Times uh, published uh, out of Detroit a free publication that uh, gives us uh, 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 plenty of uh, entertainment options locally where you can go see your favorite bands, who's playing where or whatnot, uh, and also the outstanding commentary uh, by Jack Lessonberry always appears uh, in the Metro Times every week comes out on Wednesday well a couple of weeks ago on the in the November 14th to 20th edition the project censored um, article appears and I always uh, appreciate uh, what project censored uh, does this is goes back many years now um, from the um, it's actually, it's, it's interested that um, this started out as a journalism um, program that was launched in 1976 at California, California's uh, Sonoma State University, according to the article by Kurt Guyette. wanted to highlight a couple of these uh, top ten that they list. Um... Number one, by the way, on their list is signs of a growing police state. Well, <laughs> that's obvious to anybody that's lived in America over the last uh, 30 years, uh, really dating back to uh, uh, Richard Nixon and J. Edgar Hoover. We've had a growing police state in America for uh, way too long. And uh, if Obama's had one shortcoming, it's that he has not uh, stood up more to the uh, harebrained ideas of Congress who can't do their job. Uh, their job is uh, declaring war and uh, raising taxes and determining the level of spending. Uh, we're going to hear a lot about the so-called fiscal cliff over the next couple weeks, and most of it's malarkey. I noticed, by the way, I just wanted to mention this as a kind of an interesting uh, highlight that... Uh, Thomas Mann and Norman Ornstein are appearing tomorrow at the Michigan Union. It's even worse than it looks, a conversation with Thomas Mann and Norman Ornstein. Uh, one of them works at the Brookings Institute, Thomas Mann, and the other one works at the American Enterprise Institute, uh, Norman Ornstein. But they are considered uh, our contemporaries' uh, best experts on Congress. And I did read their book, It's Even Worse than it looks uh, earlier this year that talks about the completely dysfunctional nature of Congress and their inability to do their job. Uh, and of course, they're pressed with all sorts of uh, things over the next five weeks and that this is all occurring in a lame duck session of Congress is a disgrace uh, to humanity. It's interesting to note that in the state of Pennsylvania, thanks to gerrymandering, 
Um, <clears throat> even though uh, the Democratic Senator Bob Casey was reelected and Obama carried the state fairly easily, the congressional delegation in, in Pennsylvania consists of 13 Republicans and five Democrats. This gives you an idea of how bad this gerrymandering problem is and the, and the role of money uh, in our campaign process. Uh, here in the state of Michigan, uh, once again, Obama won Michigan fairly easily. I think Debbie Stabenow won by 10 points. And yet, uh, our congressional delegation consists of nine Republicans and five Democrats. So there's something terribly wrong with the way these congressional districts are, are drawn up. So I would uh, recommend this starts at 4 o'clock tomorrow at the Michigan Union, uh, brought to you by the Gerald R. Ford School of Public Policy at the Michigan Union Ballroom. Uh, should be an interesting discussion, and I'm going to try and make it simply because I've read the, the book this year. I think it's one of the better uh, political and more important books published this year. And uh, perhaps next week I can go over some of the um, findings that they have in their book about the abuse of the, I mean, I can summarize it for you, the abuse of the filibuster the problems with the hearings regarding uh, deficits, uh, you know, taxes and budget issues, um, the uh, harebrained uh, use of uh, false balance in which uh, controversies are uh, politicized. Um, they have a, a lot of, they have a, a decent chunk of the book is devoted to the abuse of the filibuster. And um, it's very strange to be listening to uh, some of the backtracking that's going on with some members of Congress regarding some issues that they've tried to politicize since the election. One of the more interesting, and of course, uh, Joe uh, Momentum uh, Lieberman is retiring from Congress, so I don't know that he's making the uh, talk circuit quite as much as Lindsey Graham and John McCain, but they seem to be out there almost every week now. And when I look at Lindsey Graham and John McCain, I kind of think of the Captain and Gilligan. <laughs> They're a, a real uh, pair of uh, morons. Uh, they have proposed uh, starting a war with Iran, uh, a war with Syria. And, of course, and lately they've been trying to uh, blame the Libyan situation on U.N. Ambassador Rice, who it's quite clear was... Uh, using talking points that she was given at the time regarding the attack on Benghazi. Quite interesting that in the November 12th edition of The Nation magazine, Clara Gutteridge, a uh, human rights investigator who documents national security-related human rights abuses and is a director of equal, the Equal Justice Forum, has an interesting analysis of the, quote, blowback in Libya regarding the Benghazi attack. Uh, I noticed over the weekend that John McCain, after probably receiving a tongue lashing from uh, some uh, GOP uh, bigwigs, uh, the Democrats have defended Ambassador Rice, uh, claiming that the attacks on her are unjustified and uh, nominally racist. Uh, Barack Obama defended Rice, I thought, fairly effectively in a recent news conference because um, uh, she's the U.N. ambassador. Um, she was given talking points on this uh, infamous uh, Sunday talk show. But in the Clara Guttridge article about the blowback in Libya involving the attack, it's interesting to note that um, one of the prime suspects in this uh, event was 
a uh, prisoner by the name of, well, uh, the, the group that's theoretically behind it is called Ansar al-Sharia, and a leading member, Ahmed Abu Katala, identified on October 17th as the prime suspect. Suspect. This is like a month after Ambassador Rice uh, talked on uh, Meet the Press or whatever it was. Was imprisoned during the Qaddafi regime at the notorious Abu Salim prison in Tripoli. Um, and this was part of the United States rendition program that... Uh, basically grew out of uh, collaboration between the CIA and uh, various um, Arab regimes friendly to the United States. Uh, of course, it was dramatically expanded, as Clara Guttridge notes, by George W. Bush to include a network of extra-territorial U.S. prisons and proxy detention sites around the world in Libya, reams of documents uncovered by the revolution have revealed just how closely the Bush administration and the Gaddafi regime were in cooperating in the rendition and secret detention of Libyans. Many of the Libyan Islamic fighting group, um, which is unconnected to al-Qaeda and whose sole aim was to oust Gaddafi, many of them were held in this Abu Salim prison and some were captured by the United States and rendered to Libya via a series of U.S. secret torture centers. So if John McCain and uh, the boy wonder, Lindsey Graham, want to go into a full investigation of the situation and at Benghazi, I would recommend a full investigation of America's relations with Gaddafi, uh, dating back to Richard Nixon, and uh, his cozying up to Gaddafi when he uh, uh, took over the reins of Libya, p Libyan power back in a coup in 1969. Uh, we need to find out more about Ronald Reagan's uh, bombing of Benghazi in April of 1986, I would argue. And we certainly need to find out more details about Pan Am uh, 103 that uh, was blown up over Scotland possibly as retaliation for the uh, 1986 bombings uh, orchestrated by Ronald Reagan uh, on fairly uh, unknown and unknowable intelligence that we've never seen. The most famous of Abu's, and getting back to Clara Guttridger, the most famous of Abu prisoners, at least uh, to those outside Libya, was Ali Mohammed al-Fakheri, uh, otherwise known as... Um, Abin Shakia al-Libi. He was captured in Pakistan in November of 2001 and rendered to Egypt, where he was tortured, claiming that al-Qaeda and Saddam Hussein were collaborating to develop chemical weapons, statements that were used to justify the invasion of Iraq. But it was clear al-Libi was not a member of al-Qaeda and his information was false. Neither were other Libyan rendition victims over to Qaddafi allied with al-Qaeda. Most were members of the uh, so-called uh, Libyan Islamic Fighting Group, and many have played a central role in the U.S.-sponsored Libyan Revolution and Reconstruction. Al-Libi was found dead in his cell in 2009. Libyan authority, authorities claimed he committed suicide. Others believe he was murdered. Had he lived to see today's Libya, we could have learned details of his detention and torture in Egypt. 
uh, which, of course, he'd just been in the news because uh, President Morsi um, sort of um, brokered a temporary ceasefire between uh, the Israeli government and Hamas. Uh, there's more troubling uh, news, by the way, out of the attacks on uh, Gaza by the is, uh, Israeli uh, military, including a very interesting article that I don't have time to go into today, but David Carr's... Uh, uh, media Equation column in today's New York Times has a uh, very troubling report arguing that uh, journalists have possibly been targeted uh, by um, various governments, including journalists in uh, uh, Gaza that have been covering the conflict there. It's interesting that uh, the Committee to Protect Journalists um, have, have noted that almost a third of the journalists killed uh, in recent years have been killed um, by organized governments. And that uh, while a um, um, basically a black tie a crowd event was having an event at the Waldorf Astoria Hotel last week... Um, Three employees of a news organization were killed in Gaza. This is from David Carr's uh, column here, uh, by Israeli missiles. Rather than suggesting it was a mistake or denying responsibility, an Israeli Defense Force uh, spokeswoman, Lieutenant Colonel Avital Alibovich, told the Associated Press, the targets are people who have relevance to terror activity, quote-unquote, Carr concludes, so it's come to this, killing members of the news media can be justified by a phrase as amorphous as relevance to terror activity. And of course, it's this um, vague claim of terrorism that's at the heart of um, John McCain, Peter King, Lindsey Graham's, their, their criticism of the events uh, regarding uh, what happened in uh, Benghazi, claiming that the uh, um, that this was not a spontaneous demonstration and it was a terrorist attack. They've never quite explained why Obama would want to downplay that uh, issue. They, they use this very complicated argument that he was trying to uh, use a narrative during his reelection that was downplaying terrorism. Uh, in um, view of the fact that he had killed bin Laden and, quote, had made America safer. Um, one of the more interesting events that occurred last year, by the way, regarding President Obama was the spectacular rescue of some American citizens that were being held um, captive by Somalian pirates. I don't remember Obama highlighting that uh, spectacular event uh, probably as much as he should have. But I'm sh sure that Ronald Reagan and George Bush uh, would have held uh, mission accomplished uh, staged events. And certainly the war on terror. Uh, it's interesting, by the way, that as a general policy uh, concept, uh, Obama has, has replaced this so-called phrase, the global war on terror, with something far more. Um, benign, and he's trying to, he is trying to de-emphasize terrorism. I think that the facts on Benghazi are still coming out, and uh, certainly if uh, Ambassador Rice was given uh, the, quote, best intelligence that they had at the time, I don't see what the big scandal is. 
But getting back to Project Censored, uh, there are some other things that I wanted to highlight in this report. One of them, uh, of course, uh, refers to um, Oceans in Peril. Uh, this is the second uh, story on their list. And um, the rise in ocean temperature has led to the largest movement of marine species in two to three million years, according to scientists at the Climate Change and European Marine Ecosystem Research Project. In an article highlighted by Project Censored reporter Julia Witte paints a tenuous seascape, overfished, acidified warming, and describes how the destruction of the ocean's complex ecosystems jeopardizes the entire planet, not just the 40% that is water. Woody compares ocean acidification caused by global warming to the acidification that was one of the causes of the great dying of mass extinction that occurred 252 million years ago, and life on Earth took 30 million years to recover. Wow. And, of course, uh, we've seen recently from the... Uh, Oh, the the unfortunate events and regarding Hurricane Sandy, which uh, those charities involved in relief in the uh, greater New York area, uh, metropolitan area, New Jersey, etc., would be an appropriate uh, 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 sort of uh, uh, charity to give to. There are allegedly 50,000 people uh, possibly homeless from this event. Uh, of course, no single event can be linked to global warming, but... Uh, it is strange that two of the largest storms that have hit that area have occurred in the last two years, and I refer, of course, to Hurricane Irene, which happened last year. Number six on the Project Censored list is another. Uh, these are these are stories that are sort of underreported by the mainstream media. This is called the Small Network of Corporations Controlling the Global Economy. A University of Zen, I wanted to read this one because this is appropriate to all of the hoopla regarding uh, 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 Black Friday and Cyber Monday and all this other nonsense. A University of Zurich study reported that a small group of companies, mainly banks, wields huge power over the global economy. This study is the first to look at all 43,060 transnational corporations and the web of ownership amongst them. The researchers' network analysis identified 147 companies that form a super entity controlling 40% of the global, global's total uh, wealth. And the close connections mean that the networks could be prone to systematic risk and vulnerable to collapse. I would put Walmart certainly on that list. Uh, I wryly noted during the campaign that when uh, Mitt Romney kept claiming that he was going to crack down on China, I said, well, if he's not going to crack down on Walmart, he's not cracking down on China because Walmart is an, a, a, essentially a, a working agent for the government of China. Their economy and Walmart's economy are so intertwined, it's, it's frightening when you begin looking at the facts. I think I read somewhere that Walmart accounts for $200 billion of Chinese economic out output. Astonishing stuff. And, of course, uh, much of the cheap uh, stuff that is available in the retail uh, part of our economy is basically imported consumer goods from China that are made uh, with quasi-slave labor and under conditions that can only be described as um, terrible. Um, not not conditions that uh, the United States would 
in any moral or legal sense tolerate. Should add, by the way, number eight on the Project Censored list is the uh, NATO war crimes in Libya. Uh, we won't go into that one. I think we've talked too much about Libya today. Uh, but another one found. Um, number five is an interesting one, by the way. Uh, I heard today that the uh, chairman of the uh, um, SEC has uh, resigned and she has a replacement on the way. And she, of course, is, was trying to reorganize the regulatory process regarding corporate America and the banking system here following the Great Recession. And, of course, was denounced uh, pretty roundly in the in the corporate media for being too tough on the banks and the corporations. Uh, her predecessor, by the way, was a disaster, uh, Christopher Cox. I think if you read any reliable history of the uh, economic uh, crisis that really began in late 2006 and into 2007, you'll discover that Christopher Cox, a former congressman, a former Republican congressman, who undoubtedly signed the Grover Norquist uh, pledge of not raising taxes, was uh, poorly suited to uh, uh, run the SEC as the crisis was unfolding. In fact, uh, many of the um, books and movies that I've seen related to the Great uh, Recession sort of portrayed him as a man that was essentially AWOL. Uh, but the Federal Reserve of the United States, a quasi-private central bank, was audited for the first time in its history this year. The audit report states that from late 2007 through mid-2010, reserve banks provided over a trillion dollars in emergency loans to the financial sector to address strains in credit markets and to avert failures of in individual institutions believed to be a threat to the stability of the financial system. These loans had... Uh, significantly lower interest rates and fewer conditions than the high-profile TARP bailouts and were ripe, rife with conflicts of interest. Some examples, the CEO of uh, J.P. Morgan Chase served as a board member of the New York Federal Reserve at the same time that his bank received $390 billion in financial assistance. From the Fred, uh, Fed, uh, William Dudley, who is now the New York Federal Reserve bank president, was granted a conflict of interest waiver to let him keep investments in AIG and General Electric at the same time the companies were given federal bailout funds. Troubling. Uh, Andrew, by the way, has been our reliable engineer this evening, and do stay tuned. Uh, Yazoo City Calling is coming up uh, next here on WCBN FM Ann Arbor. Um, and while I disagree with Ron Paul on so many things, um, he sponsored a bill to audit the Fed back uh, earlier this year on July 25th. I believe he's retiring from Congress. Um, and this passed the House of Representatives. This is called H.R. Bill 459. But alas, it is expected to die in the Senate. Such are the workings of Congress. Uh, so I recommend uh, uh, checking out... Uh, um, Thomas Mann and uh, Norman Ornstein tomorrow at the Michigan Union Ballroom. It's even worse than it looks. This is a, a book about the failings of Congress. Anyway, I just saw Jerry Mack uh, pop his head into the studio, so he'll be coming up very shortly here uh, here on uh, WCBN-FM Ann Arbor, so do stay tuned 
for Yazoo City Calling. Very fascinating, by the way, to see some late uh, political studies showing that Obama largely won uh, the presidential election because of the unusual turnout by younger people. And also, uh, while the heterosexual split was 49-49, Obama carried the gay vote uh, 